Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Wait, are you gaming? On a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Core. This is Core episode. I don't know what episode is this. Two hundred one. Two hundred one. Is that right? Two hundred one. Two hundred and no Wait. ten. Twenty two hundred ten. Two one zero. Sorry, you had the right numbers, wrong order. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. It's life story happens to everybody. Uh, hey, we're back. Welcome back. I'm Scott. There's Bo and John with me, and uh, we're going to do a show. We're going to talk about games, a couple of things in the news, uh, some uh, personal experiences we've had this week with our with our ha- hobby of video games. And so much more, but we have—I got some breaking news here. We got to take care of real quick. John uh, Jagger got a new monitor about two weeks ago or a week ago, and he last week was saying, oh, "I don't know, I don't know about this. It's kind of just so different. I don't know if I want my my big widescreen back. What do I want to do? You've made a decision. Can you just catch us up and tell us why you did what you did?" Yeah, it turns out I've been to the future. Okay, uh, what did the future I've have seen to say? It. I stepped out into the world, a strange world, unknown to me, and uh, the future is ultra-wide. Oh. Because even with a better refresh rate, and even with all the bells and whistles, and even with, it was was a 4K monitor, even with all this. How many uh, Ks? 4K. 4K. We gathered 4Ks together, which is one more than the problematic amount. That's a lot and of. That's more K's than. Uh, that's more K's than what you have now. You have what now? One point two K or something? What do you have now? I don't. I don't know. I don't know how it works when you get into ultra wide. That's the problem. I don't understand how it works anymore. 
Well, uh, it is 3,800 maximum by, or 30-something, right? 3,000-something width. Yeah, I don't remember how long it is, uh, but it's the same height as, like, a 1080p. Right. Like, so it's still 1080 on the one end, but then it's wide on the other one. Let me see. Ultra. What does a 4K mean? Is that just the number of pixels? Yeah. Let me let me see, actually, because I think there's actually wider than what I have. Mine's... Uh, 2560 by 1080. Oh, okay. So 1080 uh, uh, tall. Yeah. And by the way, 1080p is normally 1080 wide. Oh, is it? Yes. It's it's, just moved. It's 1920 by 1080. Oh, no, I'm sorry. 1080 is the same height. I take that back. 1920 wide. So so really, it's the width that you're gaining. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's a total aspect ratio of 21 by 9. So the 9 part is still the... That's your that's your 1080 uh, at a maximum resolution. Although I think some can go higher. Like I'm running an ultra wide on here for my production stuff, but I don't actually know what the resolution is. Let me look real quick here. Yeah, so that's that's the thing is there were a lot of bells and whistles on this thing, but at the end of the day, I immediately missed the ultra wide. As, as soon as it was gone, everything just felt wrong to me. Every game I played felt wrong every like they looked great and the the refresh rate was really great and pretty but i just was constantly feeling uncomfortable and claustrophobic mm. so Weird. i went back to the ultra wide okay i don't think i can go back you're so there you're there for day. good now okay well i have good news yeah. for you because your next upgrade might be a resolution upgrade this one i'm running right now this lg monitor does 3440 by 1440 so it's yeah. not uh so that's normally 1440 by whatever it is, is like a 2.5K or whatever. Um, 1440 is a pretty good, you know, higher resolution or whatever. Um, you can go to that and then you'll be you'll be happy as a pig in poo and you got your widescreen. I don't think there's any problem with this. Obviously, people yeah. are buying widescreens. So why not well, you? And the other thing, it turns out that this monitor has FreeSync on it which I assumed I couldn't use because I have an NVIDIA card. And, you know, there's that split of AMD FreeSync and NVIDIA G-Sync. Right. Turns out that that's not 100% true. You can enable it on an NVIDIA card, and you can benefit from it on an NVIDIA card. It's not universally true. It turned out to be true in this case, and I hadn't had it turned on, and I turned it on, and it's even better, so I do still kind of feel like I got a new monitor. This is true. So um, I forgot when this happened, but What's NVIDIA, at some point, NVIDIA decided to support FreeSync 2. Point whatever it is, uh, which is the, fr- the sort of the free, not freebie, the open source thing that AMD supports. Whereas G-Sync is 100% uh, GeForce, that's it. It's NVIDIA technology and, and you can't, you'd have to license it to use it. And I don't even think they do it licenses. So so the fact that you can use G-Sync with, or excuse me, FreeSync with uh, GeForce cards is awesome. And uh, so, yeah, I don't, I mean, save the money. I think you did the right yeah. thing, dude. What do you think, Bo? I feel good about it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you, you're happy 16 by 9 like the rest of the world? You're, you're so cool. I have a feeling it's one of those things where, it's a peripheral and not the standard. You're on the periphery of PC gaming society and it's not the standard. Mm. So when games and stuff don't support it or the next gen of blah, blah, blah comes, like, you know what I mean? You're, you're, yeah, I don't know. 
but there's a lot of patches for games, especially if they're older. Like if I want to play XCOM two, I have to download a patch that supports widescreen. Mm -hmm. Right. Some some do it. uh, Some of it's built in like uh, World of Warcraft supports widescreen just natively or does it? Am I thinking of Diablo or Diablo pretends like it doesn't, but it totally works. It does. The only weird thing you have is uh, like the menu screen Mm -hmm. is all janky for some of them. Like you can see like broken architecture off to the side, but then once you're in the game, it actually plays fine. And heroes of the storm still supports it. I think, right. At least in a great way where you get to see way more of the map than what people. Ah, the cheating, the cheating monitor. Seems like it. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's cool, dude. I mean, if you I mean, can see farther and you're playing Chromie, it is like the biggest cheat. That's true. So wait, you had this long enough to not long enough. Or you're still good on a return. It's not like you're going to get. Oh, yeah, it's damned. going back. I'm getting a, a full return, okay. although I need to do it soon. But Amazon why don't you get a second widescreen? Oh, yeah. Do two widescreens. Uh, I and might one, one on day. It's, Maybe not side it's, by side, uh, but one on top of the other. That way you can put your TV up top and there you then, go. Well, here's yeah. a dumb thing, but this is a this is another perk that the other monitor did not have, and this is this is gonna sound lame, but it's just true for me. The height of this monitor is absolutely perfect for me to set my iPad up in front of it. It's the perfect distance between my keyboard and where the monitor begins. It's the perfect height to where the iPad doesn't block anything. So I literally do exactly what you're saying which is I'll have something on the iPad playing TV-wise and then the monitor up above it, and I'll have uh, both going at the same time. And that works so. with your current widescreen 21 by 9. So, yeah, it didn't okay. work with the other one. The okay. other one was in my face. The other one was real aggressive. It was an aggressive monitor. So That's a lot of exercise, John. It is a lot. Because <laughs> yeah. you have to take your hands off your mouse and keyboard to interact if something goes wrong on the iPad. Like <laughs> That's plays. true. You know, <laughs> whereas some, if you have mouse and keyboard and the second screen, you can just all tab, fix it, go back. Yeah. I, if I had an iPad, I have to lift my hand and then place it on the screen of the iPad. Oh, I man. could hurt myself. Yeah, it's you don't dangerous. want to do that. That is dangerous. And that's glass. That'll cut you. Yeah. You think your back hurts now? Wait until you're poking around with an iPad in front of you. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I was just thinking. So right here is my 21 by 9 wide like you're doing. And then... Next to it is a 4K, not wide, that I use for gaming. So I'm gaming on a standard 20, or uh, sorry, 60 by 9, and I'm doing production work, podcast, video work, all that kind of stuff over here on an ultra wide. And for some reason, that doesn't feel weird for me to switch back and forth. When I'm playing games, I I, I don't even think about the fact that it's not super wide. And over here... I don't think about it being narrow. Like this just seems perfect for what I'm doing in the production side. So um, it's weird. I don't know why, but I'm kind of cool with both depending on the use. You don't like yeah. to cheat at video games. I mean that too. <laughs> I mean, clearly <laughs> like cheating John at video cheater. games feels so good. Uh, Game genies got expensive. They're real pricey. <laughs> now, now they're monitor. Yeah. They're, they're full <laughs> screens now. As it turns out, they, they do one thing. See more area. I don't know that I ever had a game genie. My friends had one. I never had one. Did you, is did, Game Shark the same thing? It was like it's it, right? A little different, yeah. but yeah. I think I've seen the Game principle. Shark. A friend had a Game Shark, and you had to put a weird code in for all the different things. Like, what was the deal with that? That just was like a magic thing. Well, one of exactly. That's why I'd always. <laughs> I was young at the time, so I'm like, I never really thought about how it worked, and I'm like, was this legal? Yeah, they flummoxed me too. But what I remember is it was like a cartridge. Uh, it would be in the cartridge slot, and then 
your cartridges that you had, the games themselves would then go in t- on top of the genie or the shark. Yeah. Do you ever right. play Sonic and Knuckles? Yeah. It was like that. Yeah, it's like that. It was like a weird double decker. That was a weird time in games, dude. What a weird time. Well, it's it's, it's I think it's a fun time in games because now everyone's knowledgeable. But like as a younger person looking at the game shark, you just try to imagine what's going on in there. Like there's some secret magic swirls in the game genie or game shark that intercept with whatever's inside the cartridge You're like mm-hmm. who knows what's in that cartridge like if you didn't know better you'd think it was just magic in there right and mm-hmm. then you take a different cartridge and plug a different cartridge in and, and electronics happens and it's <laughs> <laughs> like you know what i mean it's like wow <laughs> like see yeah. like imagine to get an expansion pack for doom you had to buy like a one of those monster heads with the one eye and you had to just plug it into the back of your computer and you're like oh, i don't know how it works but this is what it is so cool <laughs> though yeah you got me convinced yeah, they, don't that that's those, like. they don't make products like that anymore mm-hmm. really except nintendo with their little um what was that line they had the weebos so they all oh, the amiibos they still do those you can go buy oh, amiibos. amiibos but the construction sets what are they called oh uh, you can make a oh, wooden pi- the, cardboard the piano the oh. cardboard thing. uh fa- if not fago that's the drink the clown posse drinks. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the Nintendo Fago. Nintendo Fago. <laughs> I think that should be a, a, the next system. Oh, what's it called? Labo, 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 Labo. Labo. Oh, it's close. Yeah. yeah. I almost said Labia. That was wrong, too. <laughs> Nintendo. New from Nintendo. Nintendo the, Labia. The Nintendo Labia. Open now. Okay. Wait, Can't what? make me laugh like that. You're killing my back. <laughs> I don't want to hurt your back anymore than it's already hurting. Uh, anyway, that's cool, John. I guess uh, you'll you're you're a richer man for it, and you are now back to where you were comfortable and where you like to be. Sometimes yeah, you have to do this stuff, you know what? And you know what's great about the modern era yeah. is that we can do this, where we can say, you know what? I got a wild hair. I'm going to try this. Oh, I don't like it. Amazon just takes the damn thing back if you do it within the first thirty sure. days or whatever. Yeah. Like in some ways, that's the downfall of you know capitalist society, but in some ways, it's amazing. You know, mm-hmm. like I just bought, where is it? Oh, I don't know where I put it. Oh, it's right here. Okay. So I bought a couple of things this week. Okay. I got good deals on them. So I feel okay about it. Number one, a wireless Super Nintendo gamepad. Oh, nice. That's designed specifically for the uh, Super NES Mini. And it has a little dongle you stick in the front of that Mini. And then this thing's now wireless to it. Okay. I think it also does Bluetooth just to anything. But anyway, it's pretty well it's pretty standard shoulder buttons you know d-pad buttons it's it's what you think it is and it's from those 8-bit do guys who make really really nice controllers um i picked that up because i wanted to do that and then while i was at it they also make a like a little higher end sort of pro controller style thing and this thing will sync to anything like uh anything it's just a bluetooth controller so pcs can use it uh tablets phones uh max pcs whatever they can all just sync to this thing uh, wirelessly and you can plug those things into a vacuum cleaner (laughs) i don't think it'd work on those Uh, sadly i'd like to control a little tiny person with it like if i could figure out a way to motorize like a little person and just Mm -hmm. like tank control them around be amazing um that's what you want that's your goal i do i want him he would like scooch up behind people sit there awkwardly for a second i'd hit the a button he'd go And then they'd go ah, and look around and see what was going on. And then he would he would just tank right around and just keep moving that way to go to the next person. But um, anyway, I like it a lot so far. But the the whole point of me bringing this up is if I didn't, 
Amazon be happy to just say, okay, well, you didn't like it. Go ahead. No problem. We'll just credit your account or put it back on the card. How do you want to do it? Like, I love that. Now, I'm not going to do it because I like it. See, that's the thing. I think they they proved out that people aren't just going to return stuff all the time. Uh, People want good stuff. So if they find something they like, then they keep it. And for people to keep it, that means manufacturers are going to compete better to make good stuff so that people don't return it because they wanted the thing to work in the first place. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Yeah. I agree with that. I like this controller so far. Good review so far. All right. Uh, let me put that back. Well, it looks pretty slick. Yeah, it's nice. Um, yeah. I have a thing and with controllers. Use it to play some Super Mario RPG on the stream. Well, part yes, I actually could. Either one of these would work. But my biggest problem is uh, my three or my um, sorry, my Xbox One controller fell real hard on the cement, and I think I broke it. Oh so no! That fell hard on the cement. Yeah, this this my office is like a hard floor in here. It's like yeah. cement with a with a thin linoleum thing on it, and I dropped it, and it just shattered. And I put it back together, like the shell part that came off, but I, it's okay. not working right. Well, I'll oh, run, wow. I'll run left with what a dude. Game were you playing when it violently hit the floor? Uh, that's the sad part. Is no game. I just yanked it off the table by accident. Well, I wasn't uh, paying attention, so it got well, ruined. And so I was like, "Well, I need another one," and I don't want to spend another seventy bucks for a new one. So I thought, you know what? I'll try this. People have been raving about it. See if it's any good. Sure enough, it's just fine. Plays all my games that I You know how you for. turn that frown upside down. How do you do that? Even though you just said you don't spend $70 and now I'm going to suggest more. <laughs> they have the new Pro edition, uh-huh. the Pro 2 for the <laughs> Xbox 360 controller. Uh-huh. How much That's is that? Pretty nice, Scott. Yeah, how much? Tell me how much. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a controller fiend. I love these things. So don't tell me I this. I use the Pro 1. Uh, I I bought one a long time ago when they first came out, I guess. Um, and I love it. It's really, really good. Oh, it has a satellite dish on it. Is this the, you're, mean, talking, about the elite, you're talking about the Elite one? The oh, elite yeah, controller? the Elite. That's it. Okay, I'm looking at it now. The Elite Series 2. That's the, that's the one. Oh, it's only $180. Yeah. No problem. Let's get that yeah. coming. Let's no. get that controller. I mean, Wait, do you have that? No, John does. John? He has John no, as the first the, one. I have the first one. So that that's the Elite 2. I have the Elite 1. It's a really nice controller. Does it, does it have those little uh, buttons on the back of it? Uh, yes, but I took them off because I didn't like them. Oh, so great. I, I removed them. <laughs> you spent a bunch of extra money for a sweet controller and took well, off. Well, I mean, it's very, like, you can just say, oh, I don't want this piece. So you just. Oh, wow. You know, yeah, it's meant it's like to be little, very. Oh. It's meant to be very uh, modular. modular. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's got of, actually good D pad and uh, got good grips. Although that's why I want a new one is because it's coming apart right there. But uh, yeah, I like I like my Elite a lot. I've gotten a lot of good use out of this controller. Let me ask you a question: The D pad on this too looks like a satellite dish, like Bo was saying. Uh, it's replaceable. So okay. that was one of the features of the new Elite 2 is that you can actually pick different adapters to go into that spot. So you can use the satellite dish. Uh, I'm looking at the picture. It looks like you can put a little nubbin on it or you can do the cross, uh, you know, typical one from like a Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like you get a bunch of pieces with it. I see. Yeah. Oh, and... man, this looks nice. Don't show me these things. Wow. I kind of want one. Uh, John continues the tradition of getting Scott to spend money wow. he doesn't need. We're do back. It. I can't do it. Oh, yeah. Look, it comes with the extra 
Bits. I gotta say, that's a sweet looking controller. Oh yeah, yeah. It might be. The it's best even got is. different elongation for the thumbsticks. If you want your thumbstick to stick out a different level, or have a different Jeez. texture to it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. I mean, the thing I got was like thirty five bucks. So, but it's not your typical like trash third party controller, which is what I was the, the main point I wanted to get to. If you look up the eight bit do stuff. Um, all highly re- uh, are eight- they like um those like craftsman style manufacturers who make kind of cool? Yeah, I mean they, they have different kinds. Like some of them are really meticulously made to be as truthful to like. So say for example, you want a really good Genesis six button controller replica. Oh, wow. Theirs is like, really yeah. solid. Yeah, I it's very it. nice. They have it here. Okay, so they're, they're, I guess that's the way to call it, replica controllers. Kind of, yeah. And then there's some yeah. that are just straight up them going, hey, what if the Super NES controller had two analog sticks plus all the stuff it normally had plus, you know, four sets of shoulder buttons? Like, they they go pretty nuts oh, on this stuff, and they make everything. The square Ness one. Oh, yeah. The one that makes your hands sore. Yeah, oh. totally they do. Um, It's cool. They even have, they even have little <laughs> phone holders for them. They have a mouse, a Nintendo mouse, like a, a Nest mouse. Do you see that thing? Yeah, yeah. It's got the two uh, plus buttons for, or the whatever you call it for the buttons. It's pretty. Okay. It's pretty These cool. Pretty cool. It is. Yeah, it is I'm cool. This. They're great. I want that uh, Genesis one for the mini, but I can't. I can't justify it right now. It's only another twenty four bucks, but it's still come on. What am I crazy? I don't know. I just have to be. You gonna bury me in controllers? Is that how this is gonna go? Probably. And at this head of, at the headstone, you can put my Elite Two that I'm just about ready to. I got to close this window. It's good, Scott. Oh man, I can't do metal, it. Metal metal connections on there. Anyone know anyone at Microsoft on the back? They need they need some uh, they need a crappy podcast host to help uh, review the Elite Two. Let me know, and I'll take it off your hands. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Send two. Well, maybe three. Hey, did you guys hear the news? Hold on. So I guess this is confirmed. Anthem's getting reworked. That's happening yeah. now. Okay, that's happening. Yeah. What do we know about it? Like, what's the the this this the Skrilla on that? <laughs> that's kind of it. Uh, Bioware came out and said, "Hey, we, we've yeah. tried to really uh, we've tried to really support this game, and here's the thing, and we we're so happy for the people who had fun, you know." The usual. usual, And then they said, but we understand that, you know, there's more work that needs to be done. And they talked about how you sometimes need to evaluate and sometimes you can patch things or update. And then they said, when we really got down to what we want to do for Anthem, we realized we needed something far more extensive than that. Like a whole new video game, kind of. That's kind of where they're landing. I mean, they basically said that they're going to be going back and reevaluating all aspects of the game. Uh, while still maintaining the fun of the flying and the shooting and the abilities, uh, which I would argue were the only good parts that I really enjoyed. I was like, hey, that flying feels good. The shooting feels pretty good. Uh, And having abilities is all right. Yeah, those weren't things that people complained about. It was repetition and bugs, obviously, but load times and and just like feeling like the game had no direction and like all of that stuff, people, you know, ripping through content and realizing, oh, we're done. And then they were like, well, no, now you can go do missions that say kill 300 of these to to advance, like real lazy gameplay stuff. They got to fix all that stuff if they want me yeah, to it, come back. It, 
loading screens were horrible and it didn't run on a graphics card that it was supposed to run yeah. I had stutter and frame rate it was unplayable basically it was pretty bad so like it it's hard to say whether that game's a good or bad game personally because it barely ran on specs it should have run on so it said that it would run on mm-hmm. so if they could just fix that part yeah. that's all you need make it i a, have well, a lot I'm, of fun with elements of that game like that's the thing is is i think because for a lot of people, I'm sure they hear this and they go, oh, I've made up my mind about Anthem. I don't like it. Who cares what they're doing? They're not going to save it. But I think there there was something there with the bit that I played. And there you could see that there was a fun game that could come out of this. It needs a lot of work to get there. And whether or not they're able to put that time and effort in and do that remains to be seen. But there was a lot of stuff that I really enjoyed with that game. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there were, and it certainly had a foundation that would look great. I mean, it looked real good when it when you could get it to run the way it was supposed to. Um, like you said, flying was fun, shooting was fine. Like the basics were there. Just feel like the game was done. Just didn't. It felt like it wasn't done. That's how it felt to me. That game needed another year and a half. Too. Yeah, it was basically confirmed. Yeah, and the story. Well, speaking of story, the actual story of that game was, I mean, barely there. It was. It was bad. I'm I'm going to call it bad for BioWare because BioWare is a game or is a company that has sold me games that don't play great, but I've still loved and had a great time because the story was enough to pull me through. I skipped cutscenes in Anthem, which sounds unheard of for a BioWare experience to go. You know what? Turns out I don't care enough about this to listen to you all talk and X right through it or, you know, went and grabbed a drink while they were going to do their talking business. Yeah. I just didn't care. And so no. that means got, some work. Yeah. I have a question with your widescreen monitor. When you watch cutscenes, do developers put weird, like background actors, like in the black spaces that I don't get to see. Is there, like, weird <laughs> things? That yeah. That's there? a great question. Actually. What, did, well, how does that look? So guy usually like just... if it's a pre-rendered cutscene, I usually get black sidebars and it adjusts the resolution uh... to the normal resolution, which is not fun. However, if it's in-game and it's rendering in the game universe, sometimes you will get to see uh, what's going on around. And I haven't seen anything crazy yet. Um, like some homeless guy chasing a squirrel because he's hungry. <laughs> Just you know? something dumb in the background. Okay. Uh, odds are it would probably be there in the world if it was showing up in the cutscene. Okay. But I do <laughs> think they should do that. Thanks for satisfying my curiosity. I was also curious about that. Yeah, because if there were Easter eggs, if there was like just hilarious stuff on the sides, I would <laughs> yeah. buy a widescreen monitor immediately. <laughs> yeah, you like love Doom that. cutscene, and it's all serious, and then there's two people making out like near a wart. Oh my gosh, we're so close to that game coming out. By the way, isn't Doom like Eternal's yeah. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. March like, 20th? Yeah, it's like less than a month. Or no, about a month. Month and a couple days. Month, a month, a month. Pretty excited about it. Pretty excited. I've been playing Doom one. Oh, I forgot to put that down. Yeah. Oh, oh you've been yeah, playing I've Doom again too. I haven't. Yeah, I, I, I thought of installing it. How? Uh, I mean, I assume it all holds up and it's. Great. I mean, I just played through it, but I'm just playing through it again because it's fun. Yeah. Except I hate the third level. What's wrong with the third level? What's the Foundry. Third level? It's the third levels when the Hell Knights first appear. Oh, yeah, I didn't and like it's that. It's the one. only part of the game that has jump scares because they literally climb out of nowhere in your yeah, face. Yeah. And I know they're coming. I know where they all are. They mm. still scare me. 
Oh, but it's... oh yeah, you're not a jump scare guy, are you? Yeah. No, you don't like jump scares. That's why you should watch I mean, Midsummer. It's not yeah, jumpy. You should watch Midsummer. It's not jumpy. It's just weird and scary, mm. creepy mm. and like. I've heard things about it. Ugh. How gory is it? Uh, hardly at all. There's there's toward the end. There's a couple of violent deaths, but not in the not in a horror movie kind of way. Pretty pretty mild. It's all about the themes and the situation and just these people and just it's just the most. It just gets into your head. The first, the the other movie he did. Um, Hereditary is more gory, at the, and that's mostly at the end also. But even then, it's not that gory. So. I'm just always looking for movies I can watch with my girlfriend. She doesn't like gore. She doesn't like violence. She doesn't like jump scares. So, oh, man, you're really narrow, yeah. narrowing it down. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it, cut, it cuts a lot out. I would argue that one of the strengths of that Ari, whatever his name is, I forget his last name, the guy that made that those two movies, the strength of his movies are that they don't rely on jump scares. In fact, there really are none that I can even remember. There just aren't any. And it's just about buildup and discordance and this feeling of dread. And it's just, bah, I don't even know how to describe it. It's the, it's the kind of horror movie that makes all other horror movies seem stupid and dumb and too easy. I don't know. The thing's pretty good. The, well, the, but the thing is really, is does some of this stuff I'm talking about. Oh, it's the same? Okay. In a lot of ways, yeah. I mean, there's there's some... You know, the thing is a lot like Alien, right? So there's a lot of sort of those tropes are there about when you're going to see the creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah really like gross alien. Exactly. Thing, so there's very slow strange. build. Yeah. yeah, slow build stuff. And it's definitely got that. But the, these movies are more about just getting into your head and making you feel like, oh, this is really the worst. This is the worst. That's the only way I can describe it. You just have to. You need to see one of those so that we can have a discussion about it. Because I love about like those movies. Or just Hereditary or Midsummer. Hereditary or Midsummer. Hostel okay. is is slow cooked turd. That's a bad movie. I hate oh, Hostel. Okay. Do you is like it Ho- the same guy? Oh, you just said the first name. I don't know. If no, no, no. Ari, different guy. Ari. He's only done like two of these. Um, Hostel oh, okay. was what's his face? The same guy that did Cabin Fever. Yes. Uh, Joss Whedon? No. <laughs> no, that's Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, Cabin in the Woods is awesome. I love that movie. Sorry. No, it's... Uh, Eli Roth. Eli Roth, yeah. Oh, Eli. When you said Ari, I thought of Eli Roth. I couldn't think of the last name. I was thinking of that guy. Okay. He's the Jew bear in... Uh, um, in Glorious Bastards. Glorious Bastards, yeah. yeah. That's that guy. Mm-hmm. He is a, he's yeah. a decent... He has decent ideas. His execution is rough. Okay, so we're talking with someone completely different whose movies I've never seen. Yes. Hereditary, Midsummer. I need to watch them. You need to watch them. And I would do it in that order if it were me. I would watch Hereditary first, then then Midsummer. You don't really need to, but I that's what I would do. Okay. Right. Sorry. It's not like they're connected. There's no. not a cinematic universe or anything. No, although I mean okay. he's definitely pulling some of the same strings, but it's it's definitely a different thing. Hey, when you watch movies, are there Easter eggs in the widescreen? Or does it just stretch it for you? Well, it depends if you get like a 70 millimeter, right? Those are about that wide. Yeah, it depends on how the movie is filmed. It either uh, just doesn't have any bars at all for movies that would be widescreen otherwise, or uh, it still has bars or sometimes it squishes. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just going to vary from thing to thing. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, anyway, good luck with Anthem is all we're saying. That's really the bottom line. We hope you can work it out. We'll try it again. A lot of us own it and are ready to. I'm on board. I'll sign yeah. up for Origin. You don't have to buy it. You can just. Well, I have it because somebody was nice something. enough to donate it, but 
I feel bad because I can't play it until it's good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I here, here's a free copy of a game that's terrible. Uh, hope you can play it one day. That's kind of how it, that one feels. But anyway, I well, hope they can work it out. Maybe they will. They very well might. So here's a weird thing that happened today. Blizzard Entertainment. You may have heard of them. Uh, and Activision. And Activision. Maybe more Activision than Blizzard. Anyway, they pulled their games from the GeForce Now service that just started a week ago. But for a week, it was there. And they were also there during a two-year beta. Uh, or at least the last two years of the beta, you could play all your Blizzard games. Basically, it works like this. Now, I have signed up for this so that I could have some knowledge about it. Um, it's only four ninety nine. plus you get 90 days for free. It's stupid cheap. Um, so I signed up for it. And it's cloud gaming, kind of Stadia style in terms of the delivery of it, you know, like high quality stream of, of gaming, low latency, play the game, everything looks cool, so on and so forth. Um, and it delivers in that department. It looks great on my, and wherever I've played it. I played it on my Mac today, uh, a Mac notebook that's super old and shouldn't be able to run Jack. And it ran like it was some hot gaming PC. It was, it was weird. Um, but anyway, you want to have good bandwidth for it. Uh, the settings I'm doing it at, it says I'm going to use 10 gigabyte an hour, which <laughs> seems like a lot of data. Whoa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's a lot. I have I have no cap right now because I'm paying not to have a cap, but um, I know not everybody can do that. But anyway, it looked really good. Seems neat. Um, and again, it's kind of in that vein. The one thing that sets them apart, though, at least uh, apart from Stadia, potentially xCloud and other services, is this isn't about being a store and a storefront with games you buy so you can play it on their cloud streaming service. They go through your stuff and they find out what games you own. And then you play the games you own. So it, it supports Steam, Epic, um, Uplay, like all these stores and ecosystems and the games that are already on them and games you already have paid for, like stuff I already own. So it like I'll, I'll search for a game. Like today I was like, well, let me see if Stellaris is on here. I search for it and it says, yeah, click it. And then the thing says, if you own this, you're ready to go. I hit, I do, and it launches this virtual window. It's like I'm, it's, it's like my monitor is now hooked to a PC millions of miles away. And I get this, yeah. this Steam window opens up and says, oh, there's Stellaris. Hit play and I'm playing the game. Yeah, you're just running the program remotely, essentially. Basically, yes. I'm running it off a computer with its own dedicated GPU somewhere in Iraq, somewhere in, not Iraq, it's a virtual the country. desktop. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, this stuff is just a virtual, de- like streaming video games, amazing. I'm like, this stuff's been around for, a long time virtual desktop windows 2000 i mean yeah just not with this kind of speed i mean the fidelity is what makes it but i'm just saying you're remotely running the program yeah correct correct and 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 there's a lot i mean obviously there's more tech involved than just you're you know running a you're not just mirroring another computer i'm being reductive just but yes yeah but you're right that's the that's the origins of where we're at now right so and it works as advertised works really well i think five bucks a month is super cheap for what it does and also the 90 days uh, to do it for free is, is super nice and generous of them. And nobody, nobody has a, a problem with that because a lot of times you buy a game, mm-hmm. but if you play like a different executable or a different install, the company takes as a problem. with. That's why I guess Activision EA or well, see, now that, Activision Blizzard's out. It's so, like, so here's my theory. Yeah, I, but I own the game. I think this is, this is, this is my theory. And I actually have a couple of theories, but this is my main one. So, so that gives you the background on how this stuff works. A lot of, if, if anyone didn't know, most of you probably already do understand how it works. Um, when I launch into Steam, I'm logging into Steam there. 
right? So I'm doing a private login where I'm saying, here are my credentials. Now I'm now logged in on this remote computer that is now feeding this content to me. Um, same goes for Uplay, same goes for Epic. Whatever you need to log into, you're doing it there. Okay, so I played, for example, World of Tanks, which I've played before. Uh, I just wanted to see how World of Tanks played because it's a you know graphically intense game and just lots of stuff going on. And it looked great, by the way. Played really well. Hardly any. I couldn't tell any latency. It wasn't and noticeable. World of Tanks is an online game too, right? It is, yeah. But in this case, uh, one server to play on another server. You know what I mean? It's kind of funny. I know it's weird, but they're only there. You're right, but I'm not having to do both of those. I'm only connecting to the no, one, no, which connects just, to the it's other. It's just funny because usually you're like, I'm at my PC. Right. I connect. Point. I am at point A. I connect to point B. But with online games, you connect to point C, right. especially a game that probably that company manages its own servers. Right? Anyways, I just think it's fun. No, no, you're right. It's an interesting, the whole thing is, is an interesting juxtaposition uh, compared to what we're used to. But anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm logging into all of these services, including standalone games like Path of Exile. If you launch that, it's just the Path of Exile client. You log in with your stuff and you play Path of Exile. Um, and all your cloud saves from everywhere are still intact. So it really is getting to use not just the games I already own, but it lets me have all the game saves that I've already created. So all the content is already mine. I'm not starting over. It's not like, oh, I got to get th- this version of Red Dead Redemption. No, I'll play the version that I already have, but I'm I'm going to pretend that I don't have this gaming PC over here and I just want to do this on a small notebook or I want to you know, do it on a, a somewhere else or some low-powered whatever and get this kind of fidelity. So, so that's what I've been doing. Now, because you log in and do your own credentials, they've all been... Uh, this has all been possible, including Blizzard, which means Battle.net, right? That's what people are logging into remotely is Battle.net. Blizzard yanked it, and here's my theory. And I think if there's some, I think there's something to this. Uh, they made a deal, I think we talked about it too, with Google a few weeks ago to handle all of their cloud-based uh, streaming stuff for all their esports, all of yeah. their delivery of content, yeah. like a great big contract to make oh, Google, oh, I know what you're gonna say. So here, so here's my thinking. This may be right where your head's going. I think so. It goes deeper than just oh, they're gonna use Stadia because Stadia is Google. I think it's that's oh. possible. But here's what I actually think: Stadia. One of its initial things it said when it first announced itself and said, "Hey, we're Stadia. Here's what we're gonna do." Long before you could even get your hands on it, they said one of the things we want to do is work with partners to create a white label version of Stadia. What that means is. They provide the back end, the structure, the functionality, but you just brand it any way you want. So somebody like Blizzard could come on, come along, Blizzard Activision, and say, hey, we, wanna, we want Battle.net to basically become a streaming cloud client for our games. So anyone who owns our games at home on a PC, he's out traveling, he's got his laptop with him and a decent connection, we're going to let him play all of that as if he was right there in front of it but we're going to do it through this client, basically making their own Stadia, their own GeForce now. Yeah. And the way they do that is they, is, is, and again, Google's, um, Google's in, this is part of their business plan with Stadia is to provide a white label or a generic version of this that lets Blizzard just call it their own, pay to license it and just use it. Now, whether Blizzard charges for that or not, that's a whole different argument. We can have that one if this ever happens, but I think that's what's going on. I don't think this is them going, ooh, we can't have somebody else taking a piece of the potential pie because this is a no-brainer for Blizzard. There's no loss to them for doing this. Um, it would be like saying we don't want to have 
our software on a certain console because that console's not ours. Well, they've never done that before. They've got their stuff in lots of places. There's no reason why this wouldn't benefit them, especially a PC-centric service like this. I think the reason they're not is one of two. Either they're holding off because they just don't want to jump in or let their their plans be known yet because they're not sure yet about the future. Or it's this other thing where they're going to either do Stadia directly, which seems weird because Stadia doesn't have this option yet. There's no option to just to pull in games from your existing libraries and have them work. Stadia is all about buy shit Stadia on our store. Yeah. Right. So if I don't think they're doing that. If they did that, that if they did the thing where I'd have to go buy World of Warcraft again or buy Diablo 3 again or anything in the store again to play on Stadia, that's a giant mistake. There's no way. That, if they do that, I'll eat my hat. I'll be shocked if they do that. Uh, this hat right here, I'll eat it. Uh, I think what is more I, I likely agree. true is that they are going to turn Battle.net into a streaming cloud client for Blizzard and Activision games, you know, Call of Duty, whatever. Oh, my God. Can you play the... <laughs> yeah, I yeah. can for yourself. I totally play that. China! Whoops, wrong one. Hold on. <laughs> that's definitely not the right one, the first one. I mean, that's just like, that's a big kahuna. Um, not big kahuna. It's a big baller uh, prediction. I yeah, think. I think it's right. I mean, I don't think it's wrong. I think I it's always, right, I'm just like, mm. I always have doubts going up against Scott's weird predictions. Scott has a history <laughs> of saying weird ass things. Yeah. Like that what? everyone goes, nah, and then he ends up being right. You know how much shit I, you know how much shit I took when I said that back in 2015, I said Mad Max Fury Road was going to get nominated for best picture and best director. Yeah. No one believed one me. Of them. Like, nobody believed me. They were all like, whatever, dude. This is some big slapdash freaking action movie. They don't, they don't nominate movies like that. I said, I'm telling you, there's something here. I don't know what it is. Mark my words. Bet me money. They're going to nominate it. I said it on the air months before anything was announced. And boom, we got it. So John's not not wrong. That isn't to say that I don't screw F up these things sometimes. But I think this one in particular just has the smell of, uh, hey, we did it all this time for two years during the beta and a week of the launch, and then we pull it? I don't know, man. It's like they're going, well, if we're going to launch you our own client. One- I always thought was really impressive, Scott. Mm. It's the one I always think of because you're right. The Mad Max one was a big one, but uh, is when you said, and I don't know, maybe you had inside information you didn't tell me, but is when you said after Destiny put out that expansion and it was good, you said, I bet the Diablo people talked to them. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I heard that and I yelled out loud in my car when I heard that. I said, what? You're just saying that because you like Diablo. What are you talking about? The Diablo people helped the Destiny people. Bungie is a company capable of making its own decisions without having to talk to the Diablo devs. And then sure enough, they revealed that that's exactly what happened. I was like, how did he predict this? They spent like Josh Mascara was like going over there every week and they were talking about how to rework a whole bunch of like the RPG systems in that game. And I was a little shocked. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. I, uh, I guess I got that one right. But yeah, like in this case, I would actually be very happy with this. So that's the other thing I wanted to say is everyone right now is just mad at Blizzard today for this. But they're just mad at Blizzard all the time. Bo was right last week about it being a cottage industry to hate on Blizzard. This is another excuse to do that. I think it's all misplaced this time around because it isn't Blizzard's job to make sure that an upcoming or release platform, that's their job to get the good deals. 
it sucks if you're super all in, like, I want to do GeForce now. Where's my Blizzard game? Like, it sucks, but it's like we're throwing a problem at Blizzard that they didn't create. <laughs> like, here's here you go, Blizzard. Have this problem that on top of all the other ones you did create. Now, how about this one? You can't help. So I don't think it's actually fair. However, I understand the frustration. Blizzard's also really bad about communicating any of these sort of things, so they don't said a word about it. Um, so nobody knows why it got pulled. If it wasn't there at all, I would have understood more of it since it was there and then got pulled. Yeah, it's weird. So in the end, though, if that's what they're doing, if Battle.net becomes this client, a streaming... I mean, it's also for local stuff on your drives, but when you're in a place where you're on a shitty notebook in the middle of nowhere and you've got the bandwidth for it, turning Battle.net into a streaming client is very cool. That's a cool idea, and I would be all for it, especially if they don't charge you for it. And it seems like a great value add, doesn't it? I I can add to that, too, because one of the things that came to light in the past few weeks thinking about it too is that they're increasing the shareholder profits right so it's on a scale that we're not thinking about right. and they want to get growth and phil spencer said something last week about you know the xbox and the direction of x cloud and all that that they're trying to bring games to people who don't have the games so in a way this cloud stuff isn't really for us here in north america at the same like we've already got everything we need that's we're like why do we need this it's because the world is their market Mm-hmm. And there are way more people that would benefit from that, like this style of delivery for games, than you know buying PC. Like we are in a first world country, mm-hmm. <laughs> we we have a, a lot of means to products that aren't available the world over. And there are growth markets who would, who, you know, a product like a imagine a Blizzard console mm-hmm. or some kind of box that that's tinfoil hat, but like you know to also serve more people worldwide and increases the customer base like for they will still play on our pcs probably mm-hmm. but, but a lot of more people will be playing on streaming services who wouldn't play at all well That's- imagine imagine this like if you're in india and you just don't have access i mean actually this is even true here that the closer this thing gets to as real time and as good as it was going to be if it was on your hard drive anyway the more and more this becomes viable and the less and less I care about having top-end hardware. That's just the truth of it. And I love top-end hardware. Oh, that's hardware. also a benefit, yes. Exactly. So so, so even in the first-world scenario, I think that's good. But let's say you're in India and you're like, all right, I've got this poopy old Dell and it will play this perfectly because we got great internet here, but we, you know, I just can't afford the computer. So imagine that the Battle.net client, which is a light client in theory that's just on any computer and runs on very low-end hardware, gives you the option when you go to purchase that copy of Diablo. You're like, or we'll use that as the example. Well, let's say Overwatch. I want to play Overwatch. It's a twitchy game, you know, lots of latency issues. And you'd go to it and you'd say, I'm buying that game as if I was going to install it right now. But one of the options when it asks me what I'm going to do is, it looks like this is an older computer. Do you want to uh, stream this game? Or do you want to whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter because your credentials are the same. So no matter where you play it, installed or not, all your stuff is synced so it doesn't, matter where you are when you do it that's amazing like saying okay here's here's my 40 bucks now i'm gonna go play overwatch you're just playing overwatch and you don't care that you're on a shitty old computer because so what it's just Mm -hmm. fine the way it's playing and and you're running off you know localized servers and you're running you know as fast as as can be possible and that's only going to get better the software and the underpinnings and the engineering is only going to get better and tighter and then your joey pants right then your Joey like pants. Steak smells like steak, and so I'm gonna eat steak. 
In the I mean, Matrix. You, you brought him up. You, you brought know, him up a week, before. A week later, you got the quote even closer. <laughs> I like it as a. I like it as a. As a. As what, I like that you use that as an example because that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly what you're saying. It's like yeah. if it's installed, if it's the Pepsi test, you know, which one's Pepsi? And if you're like, they're both Pepsi, right? And you can't tell the difference, then who cares? Because at the at the end of the day, if the who game cares? it once okay, let me let me say it this way: this is the big turning point for me, and then I'll shut up about this. I've been thinking about it a lot today. No, keep keep jamming. I like it. If if internet reliability, which is down here somewhere, it's pretty good these days. But you know, mm-hmm. try here. And electricity reliability, which at least in this country, in Canada, it's way up here. It's way up near the top. It's a 90-something percent. If this can get, the closer this gets to that, internet gets to that high mark of electricity to the point that we trust in it as much as we trusted the electricity not to go out, then the whole, then the deal's on. Like, that's it. That's the kicker for me. It's never going to be, if because what I got a taste of today was, Oh, my saves are here. Oh, my account is here. All my achievements are here. All my stuff is here. And it doesn't matter where I am. It'll all be here. That was a moment of like, oh, okay. Well, then do I care that much if it's imperceptible that I'm playing this in that way? No, it doesn't matter. Like there's real, I I can see why everybody's trying to get a piece of this. Like all these big companies trying to get a big chunk of the pie right now because they see this. They see what this is. Well, if they have... get it right and they're in early, then they win, right? That's Yeah, and then, I mean, Crimson Neon asked the other question, what about caps? No, I get it. I'm saying that's the reliability factor and the cost factor. That's got to get up to where we think about electricity. Once right. it does, once we, and I'm not saying we get there tomorrow in 10 years. I don't know when it is, but I'm saying that's the hurdle. Because right well, now we we're have... all about what about, what about, what about, and all the what abouts are like, what if my internet goes out? Or what if my bandwidth's not great? Or what if the guy up the street has fiber and i don't or a little bit like that's where all the poop is right it's when that poop goes away and we're right here that changes everything we also can't hold uh companies that are trying to push this technology forward accountable for uh what i consider to be bad business practices by others like we can't go nvidia you shouldn't do this service because uh 10 gigabytes uh is too much you're gonna hit all our data caps we hate you. Why'd you do this to us? What we need to be doing is going to our internet providers and go, hey, we live in a modern era where this is going to be the practical reality. It's time for you to either do away with the caps and figure out a way to make that a reality for most of us or to come up with caps that are actually reflective of what our usage is going to be and deal with that. Because the other thing is that middle America has a hard time getting high speed internet. But we're not too far from having things like 5G able to provide really good speeds mobily, and you could have people connect that way, which again, the immediate concern is, well, what about data caps and what is that going to do for my you know, phone or my phone bill and all of that? But if they could provide fast, reliable internet over a cellular network, now all of a sudden those places that can't get the high quality internet now not only have access to these games, they don't have to worry about the hardware and they don't have to worry about the internet connection. Right. So it's, all, all it's the barriers a win-win and we need to keep pushing towards it. And totally. The people that adapt to it will succeed. Totally agree. And, and it reminds me of when they used to charge for texts. Remember that texting cost money per text. That was a thing. Yeah. 
and everybody across the board, all the service providers did it. Or when we all paid long distance fees. I was going to say, get out the dimes. How many minutes do you get for your dime? Yeah, we don't do that anymore. It's gone. Why? Because market conditions push out these shitty, archaic ideas for nickel and diming. And I think things like caps, data caps, and data limits of any kind, their days are numbered. Um, because it will be more profitable for providers to provide a big fat pipe for people with unlimited use because of use cases like this are going to force it. It's just going to, I really do believe that that's going to change that. I don't think it's going to happen overnight, just like that nickel and diming text and how long it took for, you know, long distance, all that stuff took time. But we got there and I think we'll get here too. And see, that's like, we need to get to that threshold so we can get to the next one, which is virtual reality, but wireless and connected into a virtual world. Sure, why not? And we're in a cyberpunk novel. But we're getting, see, and this technology is part of that, I think. Like there's, yeah, there's yeah that's a, what I'm saying. This pushes the bandwidth. If it pushes, if we can get it to that, then the next strata is I'm in VR, I'm out in public, but I've got enough batteries in my headset. I'm walking around, but I'm in a virtual world. And we're, I'm just wandering around in cyberspace. You know, you know what I mean though? Like it's mm-hmm. that whole idea that everyone's just born into virtual reality and we're just fed through tubes and we just spend a lot of time in a digital space. That's so like reality. Yeah, I, I I think it's cool. Like I like it. I know that sounds bad, but yes, no, I just like that Scott's earlier in big. the in the pre-show. Bo afraid of Advil, ready for being fed through a tube in a virtual world. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. But see, I'd that's... be worried someone would put Tylenol in my in your tube. Too much Tylenol in, in your my tubes. Tube. Yeah, half a Tylenol coming at Bo. Watch out. Here's a prank, kids. Put a lot of Tylenol in a food tube. Basically, yeah. Like Disturbed Angel says, wrong. No one paid for text anymore. Every Everything is data, so now they charge for data. No, that's what I'm saying. We did all pay. Were you not paying for text back in the day? Then you were lucky. What are you, five? Maybe he's five years old. I don't know how old the Disturbed Angel is. Wow. Oh, no, I'm not trying to give him shit. Jeez. I'm not God. trying to oh give him God. shit. Five. I'm not saying I don't mean that in a rude way. What I'm saying is he's... If he didn't experience that, good on him. But that happened. That was a thing, and it sucked. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah, if you went yeah, over your text real. limit, you paid another five bucks for the month, whatever the shit it was. It was yep, the yep. worst. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, now they charge for data, and sometimes they cap that data. The truth is, it's all about how you look at that data. There is no big, giant bucket. Like gasoline, There is a there is a bottom to that barrel. Eventually, we'd run out of fossil fuels. Eventually, we run out of those kinds of things. Internet is not a thing you run out of. The actual data and the transference of data is not a thing that's filling something and that needs to be moved over here and that, oh, oh, we're almost out of it. You better pay us extra because you're almost out of that material that doesn't actually exist. Like, we got to get away from that mindset. And it's not us that has that mindset. It's the freaking providers who are ripping us off who have that mindset. Yeah, because they haven't figured out the next way that they're going to rip us off. In fact, they were pretty slow to do it on data which is why so many plans when you got cell phones back in the day were like unlimited data, unlimited data. Hey, we're offering unlimited data. And then you saw a couple years into that where they went, oh, phones are going to be used for things. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, OK, we've got these great limited data plans you for go. you. you. And go. then they did things where they would throttle your speed if you were still on the unlimited data plan. And they'd be like, all right, well, we'll give you unlimited data for free. That's fine. We're going to throttle the speed if you go over a certain amount. And that's how we're going to try and get you on these more predatory plans that we can charge you for. And they haven't figured out a new way to charge us. So 
data it is. I'm surprised it's stuck around this long. Well, even then it's changing. So when I was on AT&T at first, it was an unlimited data plan for my phone. This is, I don't know what, seven years ago, eight years, whatever it's been, 10 years. Uh, we got on that plan. And then a couple of years later, a year or two into it, they were like, all right, now we're going to start. We, we can't do that anymore. So all new people who come on, uh, you you have limits, you have caps. Uh, you, but people that got in first, don't worry, we're grandfathering you in. No worries. Yeah. So then that happened for a while. And I was like, I'm not giving up this plan. Take it off my dead body, right? Because everyone else have to pay caps. It's the worst. But as time went on, that plan got less and less features and all the cool new things were happening with people that were signing on new. Eventually, though, they were forced because of competition to have no caps on certain plans again. So when I saw that happen, I got out of the grandpa plan, got into the new one, and now I have a way cheaper plan. I have a family plan that even saves me more money, and I don't have data caps. So eventually they got around to it, and I thought we were never going to have a capless option with AT&T, but yet here we are. So I just think it takes time and you got to deal with companies, business models and all that BS, but we're getting there. And gaming has always been the tip of the spear, man. It's always been this great blunt force object that has forced the rest of tech to move around. And a lot of people think, you know, like what pushes, what pushes computer hardware? A lot of things, but gaming mostly. Because yeah. it's mainstream, because it's tons of people. You could say, well, what about the really smart ones that can play chess with each other and blow each other's minds? No, that's cool Nobody's and all. buying that, though. You're not You're buying that. Money. And even if yeah. you did, or even if you didn't, it's still gaming that pushes these things along. It's still, you know, for, for years when we were testing high-end computers for business applications, we were, we were benchmark testing it with Quake. Yes. because Quake yeah. was the real deal. It was like, oh, okay, well, it can look how many polygons it can push. Therefore, you have the best computer in 1998 or whatever it was. So uh, I love it. I love that. I love that gaming pushes the stuff into place, and I think that's going to happen with, with data caps and with all the predatory practices and with all the, the just all the stupid loopholes we live with now. That starts to change because gaming changes, and, and it has to change with it, or else there's billions of dollars at stake, and I think that's... That's what we'll see here. But it takes time. So give it a couple of years. I don't know how long. But my, my little taste of GeForce Now was very positive, first of all. And as a PC-centric gamer, um, the idea that all my PC stuff is just intact. And this wasn't and a new... Just st- turn on your box. There yeah, you it, exactly. And it wasn't a new store and a new ecosystem and a new, I got to buy my favorite games twice. Like it, none of that. It's just, what about even not buying a box? Like, what if you have a TV with the streaming bits installed? Like, t- you know, TVs have little computers in them now. Sure, sure. I'm sure you can buy, like, some kind of a smart gaming TV where it's just the monitor. Yeah, if it, it, if it just had enough boom. power to run whatever minimal you need to run, and it's pretty minimal. The old notebook I was using is a piece of shite from eight years ago. Man. And it ran it beautifully. Oh, you ran it on an old laptop. I should try it on an old computer I have here. You can do the free tier too, just to see, just to test it, because there's a free tier as well. The free, free tier's yeah. got some weird limitations, like you might have to wait in line for other people sometimes, or something weird like that. <laughs> I couldn't quite understand it, but I was like, I'm just going to do the 90 days. <laughs> that only gives me 50% of my save game. <laughs> <laughs> but there you, what's funny you is don't I don't get to pick. I went back to I went back to 2015, 2016, and found an early, early article on what now was going to be, 
Um, because John, if you remember, that stuff was popping when we were first doing XP on the weekends. They were yeah. starting to push it and and stuff, and it, nobody was sure it was going to go. But at the time, the way that they were going to price model a lot of the stuff, it was going to cost you kind of by the minute or or the hour, and you were going to pay like twenty five bucks an hour to play stuff like that. All changed. It's all changed, yeah. and why? Because so many other parts of gaming have shoved stuff around to the point that they went, oh, we better just do this for five a month or else we're going to, well, no one's going to pay us for, for an hour of computer time. This isn't an internet cafe in Taiwan. It's not going to happen. No offense, Taiwan, or your internet cafes. I'm sure they're very anyway. nice. Anyway, I find that stuff uh, fascinating. Disturbed Daniels. Yeah, as, as do I. Still, I think yeah. I'm embracing the streaming future now. I will yeah. not be vitriolic about streaming anymore. I'm fully sold by Scott's influential arguments and predictions. I've gone full evangelical. Uh, um, yeah, not Christian, but you know what I mean. Like, uh, right? Um, a stream and stream stream evangelical. Stream evangelical. That's pretty good. Stream and stream. Ev- stream- <laughs> it's a little hard to say. Stream stream evangelical. Stream stream stream. You know, you can't put the M in it, then it screws it up. Yeah, really. Evangelical. Yeah, Yeah, I don't like that M in there. It's no good. Uh, Finally, uh, oh, so so anyway, we'll see if my Blizzard thing holds true. Uh, Jeff Keighley is skipping E3 this year for the first time in 25 years. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. How many years? 25. 25 years Jeff Keighley's been doing I saw that headline, and I thought, Ah, who cares? But now that you say he's doing it for 25 years, I was like, oh. Well, and that was my reaction, too. So I saw this news story on Kotaku, and I was like, who cares? Like, okay, Jeff Keighley doesn't want to go to E3. Leave him alone. He yeah. can live his own life. He can do what he wants. Jeff Keighley seems all right. He can make his own decisions. He's an adult, dang it. But uh turns out there's a little bit more to take from it, because it turns out that uh his quote here from the article was, I've made the difficult decision to decline to produce E3 Coliseum. Uh, for the first time in 25 years, I will not be participating in E3. And then they questioned a little bit more why he wasn't going to be there. And he said, I think E3 needs to become more digital and global. It's a brand that means a lot to people, but it shouldn't just be a show floor. Yeah. So there's a lot of people pulling out of E3 this year. There's obviously a lot of tinfoil hats coming out about why that might be and e3's decision to move even more towards a public show and not a uh not what it used to be and so it's it's interesting it's interesting to see these people who have been more industry side pulling out and not showing any interest in actually is he having backaches I mean, maybe. I mean, 25 years. I would expect the S to be like, I'm retiring, dude. So leave me alone. Kind of. <laughs> like, well, I mean, he's only like 45. So, it's a good run. <laughs> so he just turned 40. Oh. Uh, or I'm sorry. Oh, he's about okay. to turn 41. Um, but he's, so he was 14 when he started, when and we went to his first E3. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Now, he wasn't in some kind of official capacity, although it says on his no. Wikipedia that he, um, his foray into video game reporting and presentation uh, came through something called Cybermania 94. The Ultimate yeah. Games Awards, yeah. It was a game award show that him and his buddies made up. Um, so he was 14 at the time, uh, but was brought in to help write lines for a celebrity host to read. The show was not considered successful. It was aimed more toward comedy than celebration, but from it, Keeley was inspired to develop some sort of equivalent to the Academy Awards for games in, his, in the future, which is kind of what he does now with the Video Game Awards. Anyway, uh, 
good on him, I guess. And also, I mean, E3, I like covering it and talking about it and whatever, but I mean, I don't blame him or Sony or Nintendo or anyone else for feeling like perhaps its best days are behind it and you can directly talk to your your core audience in a much more direct way. So why would you spend millions of dollars to have a booth and millions more to do a stage thing and you don't get to control your message very well that way? Like, I, I just don't know what the advantage is anymore of E3. Like, yeah. I think it's days You just watch the press conferences and make fun of them while Patrick tells us to listen. Yeah. And I, and I like them. <laughs> that's all I, we do now. I like those for that reason, but that's not enough reason to keep E3 around, right? Like, no, that's a reason for them to put on press conferences when they have a lot to announce. Yeah, and that's a good reason to have it, though. I think the other reason is that people just rip off their trailers wholesale and make money off them anyways, like on YouTube and stuff like that. Well, right? Yeah, like half people... the time I'm watching a trailer, I'm like, who is... The... Well, I'm not watching the company's site. I'm watching some other guy who reposted it for... Yeah. Like, so why, you know, why would you spend all that money to make that content just for that? I don't know. Exactly. And even when they do, they, sometimes it's just one of those YouTube channels. that's like, all right, let's break down this trailer. They just dropped it. If it's a zubba zubba. And you're like, all right, well, you have 900,000 views on this. And the original has like 20,000. So yeah, this is weird. You know? So now that we live metrics, it jumped to the top or right. But that's the world we live in. So if they're just playing with, against the grain just release the video and let everyone else make the content that people watch basically yeah you know so my thing is if it's gonna be um if you're gonna if you're gonna have a yearly event like this like make it all just everyone doing like directs like when nintendo first bailed everybody thought what the frick is nintendo doing that's crazy the beginning of the end now i think they were like pioneers man they were smart and everyone loves their directs. Everybody tunes into them. It's a huge deal when Nintendo has a direct video thing, yep. whatever they call them, Nintendo Direct. I think direct is the model that the show should go. Because you know, the Oscars happened this week, and I didn't watch them because I hate award shows. And I don't like the video game awards, but I like Jeff Keighley, and I like what he's trying to do. And so rather than give out awards, you should just do directs and invite companies on to do directs. Mm -hmm. Like, what about instead of Nintendo Direct, it's Jeff Keighley Direct. <laughs> Yeah, I and mean, just every couple of weeks he talks to Bethesda comes down. We're doing a direct, and it's this crazy produced, nice little thing, and they show off the new stuff, and it's made in the studio. And well, you could argue yeah. his his game award show thing now is his direct, like yeah, pretty much. Just get rid of the awards and celebrate people, the, yeah. the games and the people hype. Tune in for exactly that. They just tune in and they're like, "What are you announcing? I really don't care about the awards. So what are you announcing? Yeah, and even it's the unannounced a lot of that." I still like them going back and celebrating games of the year. So it's like, we're talking to Bethesda. What games did you release? Release this? You know what I mean? Like just do a showcase of stuff we have as well as new stuff. Yeah. And have green day play. <laughs> but that's a good point because I mean, we do because we, you know, we definitely had some contacts with, with blizzard from doing, you know, the heroes of the storm version of core and all of that. You know, we know people who are in the industry and we do see those people sometimes get very excited and impassioned about the video game awards, especially when they're up there. I mean, game developer is definitely falls under the like extremely thankless job when you consider what they have to go through for what they ultimately get from it. Like the, the job in and of itself is rough. And then you've got extremely high expectations from people. You've got the extremists that go to death threat levels and all of that. And I, I agree with you, Bo. I think it's really neat to have something that acknowledges those people in a positive way. 
and says, hey, we appreciate you. We think you're doing good work. And here's a formal recognition amongst your peers to do that. I think that should exist. But I don't I don't necessarily think it should be like, here's your best shooter. By the way, no. I'm just I'm sending yeah. you guys a quick uh, message in Slack. He looks uh-huh. like he looks like a guy from one of those Netflix documentaries where somebody's been horribly murdered. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> in this picture, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, like, what, he's, a, he's a social worker for the Here, somebody. Chat, I'll show the chat. Is this is something about this photo? It's just like I don't know. I don't know why. Right, I don't you know wouldn't why. think he's an icon in in the gaming industry, uh, recognized the world over. Whoops. No, I mean, I would see this photo and go. Uh, how to make a murderer season three trailer i like that you're just like well i found the worst possible picture of him check it (laughs) out everybody keely murders people (laughs) can't be the worst one right he's gonna have a worst one i met him once at a blizzcon he was very nice very nice guy he was he was very kind he seems nice and genuine and great yeah he's he's he's, not a murderer he really likes video games a lot and it shows picture yeah except for for this photo with him, where but I mean, somewhere. if any of us made that face, you'd say that about us. Oh, too. totally, dude. The so- picture is your face going. This oh, the, is, yeah. this is the face I give every time Bo's like, "Well, I'm thinking about doing a next Epperty." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to murder me? <laughs> I don't know if it's murder, mm-hmm. but it's definitely that face. It's murder face. I mean, it's murder clearly face. murder face. Sure, murder face. Nothing wrong with a good murder face. You make a twitchy emote. Please do. I'd <laughs> take Jeff Keighley's picture and make it one of your emotes on Twitter. <laughs> Call it murder face. Murder face. <laughs> this is a terrible idea. All right. Now this. The games we've been playing. I talked about GeForce now. I'm just all good. Uh, World of Tanks, by the way. I just want to put a, th- a thought out there that um, I don't think we give that enough attention or love. I think World of Tanks is kind of rad. And I always yeah, kind I've of have played, because never played it because driving tanks around and shooting everybody with them is fun. And is it? Yeah, it is. I want them to make world. I know they've made like World of Warships. They've done other versions of this where it's just like, um, you know, giant uh, aircraft carriers and stuff out there shooting each other or whatever. World of Tanks is literally team. Or it's it's a bunch of play modes or it's a bunch of modes, but it's basically you know deathmatch with tanks. And it's like the old Atari games where it'd be top down and you'd have your tank and you just shoot the other tanks. Kind of, except nothing's bouncing off walls and, you know, you have to reload and, and, you know, there, you have armor types that are hard to hit from certain angles and there's lots of like little strategy things in there. Um, but it's a cool game. And what I want from those people is world of mechs. That's what I want is I want to just go mech crazy and not That's have it what be Hawken too... tried to do. Remember yeah, Hawken? Hawken was awesome. Hawken was so it, cool. It was awesome, but it didn't it wasn't something was missing, obviously, from it, right? Yeah, like, I don't know was, what it was. It wasn't mechy enough. It felt just like you were just a you know what I mean? You was just a shooter, right? And yeah, they could have done a little bit. I mean, I know that Mech Warrior Online exists, uh, so maybe they've done cool things with that. I don't want the other extreme, which is, oh no, my left arm's overheating. Shit, where's the water? You know, like that stuff's cool in a single player sort of strategy thing. But if you're talking about an action game, I think there's a happy medium somewhere. Something more than Hawken tried to do. Something less than, you know, going too crazy on all those parts and pieces. And something right there in the middle. Call it World of Ta- or World of Mechs 
these uh, war war hammer or what are they called? The people that make World of Tanks, they're called something. War 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 hammer. Wargaming.net. 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 Those are the guys to do it because that game's got meat. Like you're playing those tanks, and it's like and you just feel it. Your tank jerks back and Here's the problem yeah. I have with World of Tanks. Yeah, what's and I don't know. I've never played it. Okay. So by all means, clarify so my ignorance. Judgment. Yeah, let's hear it. I think it's porn adjacent. <laughs> all right, wait. Go ahead. I want to give me more on this. Why? why? In what way is it porn well, adjacent? Okay, so I have. Hang on, hang on one second. You got John start, but cue up the some X file sounds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, sweet! I finally got a picture. All right, give it to me. All right. Porn. So here's the thing. Like every now and then you stumble around the wrong road on the Internet uh-huh. and you learn that there's a whole culture that you didn't realize was there. Okay. And I feel like there are people out there. I don't know 100 percent because I didn't dive deep enough. I wasn't interested enough, but I feel like there's a weird tank fetish out there of people that are really into tanks. <laughs> and I know for a fact that at some point I saw I a thing. Like? I saw a thing where they were naming anime girls after tanks. Oh. I think it might be an anime show where there's anime girls that are represented by tanks. I think that's a thing. And wait, is World of Tanks tied to that somehow? Well, it's about tanks. Okay. World of Tanks. I think there are people that are just really <laughs> excited about tanks. In I think a, you found World of Tank Tops. Maybe. I maybe, but I I think there are people who get extremely excited about tanks in kind of a not a like you mean in a fetishy a, kind of way i need help with this this i need a tube fire. sock kind of way but in like uh they're way too into it sort of way okay so okay. you don't think someone's at home home uh rubbing it vigorously because they're looking at their tank on screen you don't Are think you that. still a furry if you like metal tanks instead of like what is this no but tank? no but okay. it's i think there's I think if you typed tank fetish, there would be a lot of hits. It's happening. I see. <laughs> I mean, I see a lot of men in tank tops. Yeah. Hold on. Fetish. Like, I've not seen anything pornographic. Although, I mean, it's a lot of muscly. It's a lot of muscly men in tank tops. There's one picture of an old vintage tank that says eBay in the middle for some reason. Okay. Crimson Neon oh, in the I- chat has linked. There is a show. It's called Girls und Panzer. Okay, clicking. Uh, Wikipedia, this is going to be safe. Girls und Panzer? Uh-huh. So it's girls on tanks, basically, right? Yeah, this is kind of what I mean. I mean, this is manga. You could take anything, and it's probably a manga of it. With, you know. Sure. Let me look at it here. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who just posted the weird tank? That was me. That's what came up when I did tank fetish. That's that's the one I got. And that's probably more along the lines of what you're saying. I you know, I don't I don't <laughs> disagree. There probably is like cars or like um you could say you, <laughs> <laughs> you could say people have gun fetishes and like shooter games. Oh yeah. I, I, it I think it's for everything. Right. It's that they made an MMO entirely around like, hey guys, tanks. It's not a unit in a game. It's just like guys, tanks. Well, also, you it's not anything. But else. they're not. It's an okay. So that's one thing that we should probably get out of the way. It is not that's an MMO. Online. Well, it's not an MMO. It's a. It's just an action shooter. It's like playing. 
But it's know. an always online game, right? Well, like yeah, it's just compe- it's competitive. It's competitive tank It's Overwatch, battles. but with tanks. Yes, maybe, there right? you go. It's a shooter with Overwatch tanks. is also a fetish game. <laughs> okay. Or an adjacent game. I'm not sure. I think you just got unlucky with the first page you visited and it informed your whole worldview about <laughs> tank video games. I mean, I I mean, does that, I don't know what it makes me, but I like tanks in this context. They're uh-huh. fun. They're fun to shoot. Um, I like a big lumbering, physics-dependent kind of... I like that. I like the feeling of like, I can't just whip around and turn around arcade style. I got to like turn the turret and my, and there's a big rock in the way and I got to, and then my aim's bad because my gun's down here. And so I got to try to aim it just right. And then I got a sniper module on this thing so I can zoom way out. Okay. There he is. Boom. Got him in the, got him in the tank tread. He's, he's, he's dead. Let's flank him. Like there's some fun in that, you know, kind of just in a strategic shooty way. I got it. This is the best way to describe it. I think. Okay. It's like if you you went and you you talked to your uncle, okay, and he revealed to you that he had a collection of milk cartons, <laughs> and you were like, okay, and he was like super into it, and he was like, check out all these milk cartons, and he loved his milk cartons, and then you found out there was a game called World of Milk Cartons. Okay, that's how World of Tanks feels. But to me. I just don't know why we're that excited about it. <laughs> But but no, see, what they're doing is saying, hey, you played war games before? Yeah. You played Battlefield where you get in a tank and drive that around and shoot stuff? Oh, yeah, I remember that. What if the whole game was just tanks? That's the premise. That's the whole okay. thing. Like the whole world is right. being fought by tanks. That's it. That's a, There's no ground troops. There's no parachute guys. There's no airplanes. It's just you your rad tank and your buddies and their rad tanks. And let's go kill those other guys with their tanks. There's something there. That's fun. It's like the movie cars, but violent. (laughs) Kind of. I mean, kind of. Yeah. It is like the tanks don't have even people in them. They're just living in this world. Like man created robot tanks. The robot tanks turned on men, killed them all. And now the robot takes just tank turns fighting with each other for fun and for sport. That is kind so of. It sounds like to me in this game too. There's no like. There's always a butthole character in shooters that either just kills people with a knife or is invisible. And there's always a good player playing it, and they ruin it for everyone. In a tank game, everyone's slow and plot. Like there's there's none of that business, right? You're right. I mean, if you're really good at guy. it, but there's no stealth tanks now. Nothing. Like there's that. no Genji or Tracer tank. You no, know? Like, I want to know what it is though, because you know the game has to have that. Well, the game has to have the tank where everyone's no. like. Okay, so it does have a perk. I noticed. Be. I noticed today that there was a perk to make you less visible on the on the battlefield, but it doesn't make you stealth. It just means that camouflage. You're going to be camouflaged more from a distance into the background, that sort of thing. I didn't take that perk. I took a repair perk because I was dying a lot. Um, but it's Do you it's, pick your tank. Are there multiple tanks to choose from? Oh yeah, there's tons of tanks. But the game, it's a free to play game, and so they're obviously going to be real big on, you know, skins and and different tank types and that sort of stuff. Is it's like guns and stuff in Call of Duty or you know Overwatch and their skins. That's it's the, kind of their thing. Um, you have different commander types, so I guess there are people in these tanks, but you never see them really. Um, you have big beefy tankier tanks faster ones that are like a little more for the periphery the ones that can get in and get out of there there's like a capture the flag mode type thing we got to go grab a thing and take it back to your base when a tank just needs a flag real bad (laughs) 
I mean, I that's know what I, I want to know, though. I want to know what is the weird periphery tank that everyone just hates when it shows up. Like, I have it. I play, I've been playing a lot of Battlefront 2, mm -hmm. and friggin' aerial rocket super battle droids suck. I hate them so much. Every time I turn around, I'm getting shot by a super battle droid. There it is. Mm -hmm. I hate it. Mm -hmm. I want to know what the tank equivalent of a super I battle don't, droid is. I don't actually know, but now I'm convinced that we need to try this to get together sometime and play World of Tanks. It's free. There's no reason not to. We should play. But isn't there one like a Panzer tank? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, oh, they're... Panzer noob. You playing Panzer tank? Oh, we got a Panzer noob on our team. I mean, there are Panzer tanks. GG. There's era specific tanks. There are modern tanks. Uh, they don't get really into like the names because they I mean, have, like, they have names. names and, yeah. They have names and stuff, but they don't get into the idea that your World War II tank cannot handle my modern tank, even though in real life that would be true. But in, yeah, the, in the game, it, you know, everyone's competitive. You can all do whatever you got to do in your tank. I just want to know what the names are. Are there any funny names? You I, know, like probably. Stab and Mushin. I haven't played. Stab and Mushin. It's a great Russian Stab and Mushin. <laughs> what does this tank do? Stab and have names. Mushes. You know, the, the, the stubster. <laughs> stab and Mushin. Yeah, it stabs you and mushes you. Uh, look out. Stab and Mushin coming through. But it's fun, and I—I I don't know. I—I was—I liked it when I first played it, and then I just got off of it. Now it was just good to poke my head in there again. Uh, yeah, well, but the, you kind of made me interested. Maybe we should all play that. Sometime. We should totally play it. It's free. It's no big deal. It's just like a thing you download and play. And if you have uh, GeForce Now, you just play it. Um, all right. The other thing I was going to say about that is, oh, the point of that was that's a very fast-paced, uh, even though it's tanks, but it's, you know, it's big world, lots of stuff going on. That ran 60 frames per second, full screen, no problems. It looked really good. Um, my only bummer with that service is that there's no windowed mode, and I would love to have just like a little 1080p window over here playing a, a game that I don't have to pay attention to as much like I do with a lot of games. While I have something else going on, that's not an option right now. They force you into full screen uh, no matter what device you're running on. So that's kind of weird, but I guess they're working on that, so we'll see how that goes. I also played, uh, I don't think I've talked about this before. I played a game called American Fugitive. I've actually had it for a while. Just never got very far in it. It's a small top-down game that is basically GTA 1, uh, but moderned up to look good. Um, that's, it's, the, uh, that's the game Christian Bale had to bulk up for. <laughs> yeah, American Fugitive. That's the one. Um, except this one takes place kind of like Hayseed, kind of out in the country. You're an escaped convict from a prison. You got to find all these people, do missions for them. It's just GTA, but done in a, a simple, simpler, more over the uh, over the head kind of perspective. I think it's very good, and I like it. And I liked it before when I played it, and I forgot about it, and then I played it again. It came out last year, early last year. It's great. American Fugitive. If you ever find it on sale or see it on Steam for like ten bucks or something, totally great little game. If you want to get back to what kind of what GTA was before it turned into this giant complex sort of triple story stuff, which is, is cool in its own right. But if you just want to like go, I want to go run a mission where I got to go destroy a cop car and then come back. Uh, then I want to go out and uh, tow this, this uh, rival gang leader's car back. And I want to put it in the musher the car musher and then smash it all up. And then, and then, and then tow that squished together cube of a car back over there as a sign that you shouldn't mess with us. Like that kind of stuff. It's all kinds of stuff like that in that game. I like the look of this. This looks nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's a good look. It's a top-down view, but it's detailed and, you know. It's top-down, but slightly isometric. Yeah, yeah. 
so yeah. that you get a little bit of the 3D, which I, I don't I know some of the early GTA was just like straight down, but yeah, this looks pretty nice. Yeah, GTA one and two were straight down, you know, super basic in that regard. This is like a this is like a real video game, but it's just gameplay wise that they're they're definitely aiming for a more classic sort of GTA vibe. And you're breaking lots of laws and shooting lots of cops and, you know, driving over people and hilarity ensues. It's a good time. There's lots of world stuff, too, like just food laying around. You can eat. <laughs> Looks pretty good. Yeah, it's all right. I like it. American Fugitive. It's cheap, too. Um, and then I played a whole bunch more of uh, Undermine. And that's a game I've played before and talked about. It's in early access, so I was just sort of waiting for a big content update. And they did it. And, man, that game's getting better and better. I played it on my PC, my Mac, and I tried it on uh, GeForce Now, and it worked there as well. Anyway, uh, it's great. It's uh, definitely one of those. You go down to a pit, you got your mining axe, you get gold while you're there and kill a bunch of stuff and try not to die. And when you do, you lose some of your gold, but some of it gets taken back. You go back to town, you spend that gold on upgrades that are permanent, and then your next guy goes down in the hole. And fight some more and you kind of keep going like that and unlocking all the stuff. It's one of those. It's, you know, Rogue Legacy style, basically. Um, and I really like it. I liked it before. I really like it now. The new content's very good. It's uh, really polished and great. It feels done. So I don't know how much, I don't know how much more they have to do because it feels finished to me. Uh, but I like it a lot. I've just been in a mood for one of those kind of games. So I played that a whole bunch. John, what'd you do this week? I didn't do anything new, so I'm going to use my time to ask you a question. Go. Uh, have you gone back to Hades? Uh, not the place, the game. <laughs> the early access uh, game since they've done any of their big content updates. Yeah, so two weeks ago when it showed up on Steam or whenever that was, yeah, I went, oh, right, how's that going? And I ran over and launched it because I bought it like you did in Epic. And uh, it's uh, it's great. It's great what they're doing. That game's great. Has it come a long way? Oh, like, yeah. That's, I mean, not that I felt it needed to. I was having a great time with it way, way back. But that's a game I keep telling myself I'm going to check back in on because I know they've done a lot. Uh, and I'm I'm just curious how it is. My takeaway was that it, the combat felt way tighter than it did before. And it already was pretty tight and good. It's not like it was bad combat. But that stuff feels really tight right now. And it also feels less. How do I explain this? I mean, it's meant to be somewhat random or, uh, you know, lots of random, right? Like yeah. you unlock a door and you go to a place you haven't seen yet. That's the whole point. It's a, it's another one of those kind of games and, and it still has that, but for some reason it just feels like that stuff flows better. I can't really put my finger on why it just feels like they're tightening it up and it feels really good. That game's great. Deserves more playtime. Yeah. I'm going to try and get into it because yeah, I, that game was super fun. And I think I said, all right, well, it's early access. I'll, check out and check back in later and i have yet to go back to it but i i love all of their games and i'm really looking forward to it. yeah it looks good it was already pretty polished and even in the state we got it so i think that thing's probably close to being done done um that reminds me of one other one that was in what was it that i was playing oh oh there's new dlc out for dead cells uh it's only five oh, bucks yeah, Ooh, right. saw that. yeah five bucks it's a lot of new areas and items and and monsters and bosses and stuff. It's the kind of thing you expect to put in that game, but it just felt good to support them again because that game's so good. It's just five bucks. Just do it. It's worth it. Should reinstall it. Or I'm, I, I've now installed GeForce now. Yeah. Oh, and that's on uh, there too, just natively. So, you can just run it. 
it's pretty yeah, good. just run dead cells but mm-hmm. uh i'm putting this in because we should try it out because we should play world of tanks yeah world of tanks dude and i don't know if we have time tonight but like since i don't have to install anything i can just play it right i think so yeah you gotta have to have an account because it's a free-to-play game that's just like okay so like, i have to set that up but. yeah that's not hard that's what i did and it was like super it, fun the t- tough thing, because with Battlefront 2 Star Wars, I enjoyed playing it with you guys, but it was like a hog on my SSD, so I had to get rid of it. If I could stream it, that would be super convenient. Yeah. You want to play this multiplayer game that I don't have to install or do anything with? Yeah. Sure, fire it up. Boom. That's what I hope. Like, all I'm, of these storefronts, like Origin, uh, Battle.net, all of them should white-label the Stadia tech and make their clients streamable clients. Because like, even Ver- Vermintide's like an 80 gig install. I love playing it with you guys. We don't play that often. Right. If we ever, it's one of those, I'm not going to play it solo. Right. So if you're just like, let's play Vermintide too. And there and it is. Boom, rat game. And there it is. <laughs> right. You know, like it's not a game. It's not a game I'm going to keep installed for months on end, hoping to get people to play it with me when everyone's got busy lives and the opportunity just doesn't come up. But right. when the opportunity does present itself and everyone's like, well, I got to install it. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just there. Yeah, yeah. see, there's okay. there's something I'm to here. this. There's something to this. I'm all in. I'm I'm now a member of the church of streaming video games. What should we call that church? Uh, let's see. We call it uh, the Frog Pant, the Church of Frog Pants. Oh, I don't, I don't want that responsibility. Know, that's that's, <laughs> that's a lot of pressure you've yeah. just thrown at Scott. In case it goes bad, responsible for something wanna... he has no control of. <laughs> Wait, the does that mean of... I can be tax exempt all of a sudden? Oh, now we're talking. I'm doing my taxes right now. I don't want to do it. I hate it. It's a pain in my butt. Uh, Bo, you've been playing a lot of Heroes of the Storm, it seems. 50-plus games in the last few days. What, how, what happened there? How's that going? I've just it? been playing since, like, Saturday. I just I just can't stop playing. I keep playing. That's great. I play Hanzo. I play Sonya. Sonya's amazing. She's had a rework, and I didn't get back to her. Mm. So I've been playing her, and she's just an absolute monster. I don't know. We've talked a lot about Heroes. There isn't anything new to say. <laughs> about it it's there's true I've been playing we've literally been a hero show like there's nothing new to talk about or really of interest conversationally just that i've been playing a massive amount and having a great time mm. and it kind of feels good oh i booted it up to try deathwing because oh. i hadn't played him i did the same yeah i don't play Sorry. i don't play any of the new heroes but that's fine <laughs> you don't like so that. many heroes yeah sorry i don't I hope, I'm glad you enjoyed Deathwing and played it. Sorry, I'm a little bummed that uh, I'm, I'm bummed that Jaina. Nobody likes Jaina now. I guess she's poopy. Is that the deal? Because I like Jaina. No, don't I mean, listen to people who tell you that. Yeah, Kyle Ferguson told me that. Damage. Kyle, Kyle's like a he's all of our mentors in this game. He's, and he's talking he, about his level. Like he's yeah, uh, he's the Goodyear blimp. We're the ropes just dangling off the bottom. I see like, plenty of Janas doing lots of damage and quick match, so don't worry. All right. I don't yeah, know what her doesn't win rate apply. is. Do they still do win rate things? Can you still go to Heroes Hearth oh, or yeah. whatever it well, is? I mean, Garrett, uh, Garrett, they uh, own it they now. bought Hot Oh, right. They did. He's the Hot Slogs guy now. Because wasn't it super cheap? Hot Slogs was like five bucks or something, and they just bought it. It was some, well, it wasn't five. I don't know how. I don't know if they said how much it was. I'm sure it wasn't five dollars. Yeah, they but, cut the whole site. But for, yeah, it probably was five dollars. Uh, it probably wasn't. It probably was an opportunity. You know, when I was saying like, "Hey, Garrett, you got a million dollars to buy Hot Slogs," you know, like I'm pretty sure it was you know a deal that worked. I don't know. I'll I don't know anything a, about. I'll bet it was a thousand bucks. I bet it was a thousand bucks. Can I go there now? 
Let's see. Yeah. yeah, I think. Well, it was offline for quite a while, but I think it's come back online after. Yeah, I don't think they. I don't think they have a hundred percent functionality that they're targeting, but they have a lot of it. And uh, I remember their last update they gave was I think certain things aren't working quite yet, but they're getting there. Uh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the main list with the win rates here, the win percentage. Just on the initial home screen here, Deathwing is a 64% one. Let's find who's Jaina. 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 Uh, 48% win rate, so you're fine playing her. Okay. Versus you're just not, you're... a slightly low win rate. <laughs> you don't have a massive advantage playing Jaina, but if you're in that like 45 to 55 range, you're fine. Oh my gosh. Look at Diablo down at 40 now. Uh, you got Matt Maev is at 32.4%. Deckard, 36 yeah i mean you got to keep in mind too that that you got to cut that up by skill level you got to cut that up by people that are better with the character and play it a lot can perform better than someone else it really just depends on a lot of things so i don't know all right i don't know but anyways that's the that's you know stuff we used to talk about it's also really really ugly oh my god sonia's third in the win rate on this list though yeah. That makes Sergeant Hammer second. I've been playing a ton. It's funny. I didn't look at this list. I've played like mostly Sergeant Hammer, Sonya, and Hanzo. Those are like my three that I've just been spamming games with. And it's funny that two of the three are in the top three list. And I'm like, oh, I get it. Wow. That's hilarious. Yeah. Hot slogs, says Amish Tech Support. I love the idea of an Amish Tech Support. It's an amazing idea. Great name. Although I disagree with your negativity toward hot slots. All right. Uh, well done. Uh, keep playing that Heroes, man. There's nothing wrong with that. Let's do this now. That's a good question. Time for an email. Got this from a listener named Ken who says, Idea for a new drinking game. Take a shot every time Scott talks about MMOs and forgets Final Fantasy XIV exists and it's amazing. Throws Gul'dan's dirty loincloth in your general direction. Uh, Ken. Well, Ken, I know it exists. I know. And I and everyone who likes it likes it. I I just I'm not into it, so I don't think to mention it when I'm talking about ESO or something else. I only ever talk about the ones I know or that I play. It's not like I'm sitting around going, "Ah, oh, yeah, can't wait to get back into that." What was the one with all the girl boobies? Um, oh, what's the it's the one with the you, Whoa, wait. what are we talking about? The MMO, World the MMO tanks. that's no, not World of Tanks. The one MMO oh God, with the, the tons of half naked everybody's in them and it's super well, i don't know if it's still popular i don't remember the name of it but anyway Black that's the online no well okay even that the reason i don't bring up that game is i'm not playing it but bo brought it up because he plays it i play eso here and there i play wow like those are my two like i don't play final fantasy i'm sure it's great everyone who talks about it loves it i'm just not playing it so that's all hey scott you're yeah. allowed to not play final fantasy thank you i, I give you permission it. Now everybody has to let Scott not play it. Well, as the one guy here who has played it, right? Yeah. You can you can make that uh, pro- proclamation. Yeah, John spoke a lot about the game. Yeah, yeah I played it for a good long while. I'm not playing it now. I hope to go back to it one day and uh, get through the thing that even Final Fantasy fans say is a slog, which is where I am. That's where I fell off the game. Can't you boost and or something? Boost into a... You can boost. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess at this point I would be paying to boost through the slog. Yeah. But that's, I don't know if I want to pay money to skip, you know, 
10 levels to just get out of this slog. Yeah. I'm sad there's slog at all. No one wants slog. Yeah, apparently they're going to cut it. Every... Apparently that's on the chopping. Oh, is it? All right. Well, then when they yeah. do that, I'll poke my head in. That's when I'll look at it. Because that's what's held me back every time. They're like, oh, you should play it. Now there's this one, just so you know, there's this whole part that isn't miserable and takes 50 hours. I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, thanks. It is true. There is a lot of that. And that's the thing. Final Fantasy, let me just say this. Final Fantasy 14 has the greatest community for an online game I've ever experienced. Everyone there was extremely nice. I have people that just check in on me now. They're like, hey, how are you doing on the Final Fantasy 14? Are you still playing it? And I go, no, nah, I kind of fell off. And they're like, that's okay. That's, you know, it's good that you had a good time. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Like, they're the nicest people in the whole wide world. I love that community to death, but you do do one thing Doo-doo. that's not great. And that is you said like, okay, now the base game's okay, but it gets really good at the expansion. And then when I got through the base game, you were like, surprise, I know you've invested hours and hours and hours into this game, but it turns out there's this little in-between period that's awful. Yeah. And we didn't tell you about it up front, but it's where you're at now. And uh, you just got to get through that and then it gets good. And uh, I wanted to believe you, but you you uh, deceived me a little at the beginning. Mm. And now it, it turns out it was tough to get through. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. That's a weird, uneven thing I keep hearing about that game. But um, I'm happy for those who love it. OK, I really am. I think that's great. A little side, little side note and all that. Yeah. What John said gave me an idea for an NPC name. What do you got? Do do. Uh, no, no. You'll <laughs> okay. Find out. Find out Bearing. on there will be dungeons. The Barry, Jill. Jill. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not revealing it. I'm just. I'm just shouting it out. I just China. assumed doo doo because it was a case where I said two funny words and it was the same word. I did like. When, I like when you said doo. Yeah. Okay. I'll say it. But it shows up on TWBD. Act surprised. Okay. Yeah. Go. Doo doo. One thing. I knew it was doo doo. <laughs> you said you said one thing, but like doo doo one thing. His first name's doo doo. Last name's one thing. Doo doo one thing. I like it. Yeah, I like doo-doo. it too. Grace is this NPC. I cannot wait to meet doo doo one thing. That's amazing. Uh, it kind of strikes me as a gnome. Yeah, it's gnomish. I am doo doo one thing. Oh my lord! Like oh, I Anyways. mean, let's you know. Let's not go that far. Let's workshop the voice. <laughs> <laughs> all right one final email from yelly is his name it says yelly is his name anyway or girl i don't know it says yop that's how it starts uh, <laughs> okay we're off to y- good start. yeah yelly here used to play crap ton of caesar three ewins have a suggestion of something similar and i rec- uh, and recent and i could be playing greatly missed the discussion around hots but love the show and will listen always love yelly well, Yelly, I don't know what you mean, uh, except when you say, okay, so Caesar, Caesar 3 and all those old Impressions games like uh, Rise of the Middle Kingdom, Zeus, uh, what was the whole Pharaoh and the uh, the other one, the Pharaoh follow-up, those were amazing city builders. I love those things so much. Oh, my gosh. They're some of my favorite games ever. I um, forgot they existed until you brought them up one day and then realized I played a ton of them. Because they were great, man. Mm-hmm. They were so good. I still crack open. I have a 4K uh, hack for Rise of the Middle Kingdom that lets me play it on a 4K monitor and widescreen. Uh, that I and I bought the game on good old games for like two bucks. I still have the CD somewhere. 
I just love those games to death, and I would kill for more of them. So the one I was talking about recently that made me feel like those games, but it's not the same. So I just want to make this clear. It's not exactly the same, but it's that Surviving the Aftermath game that's in early access from Paradox Entertainment. The city-building bits of that feel very reminiscent to me of those old games. Uh, it's got a lot of other stuff going on. Plus, the setting is not an ancient thing. It's not a time, you know, period piece. It's definitely set in the future, but it's it's definitely got some vibes going on. I think that's the one you're talking about, or that I had mentioned. Um, yeah. But I would kill for a revival of those. Uh, somebody is supposedly working on a like a something of the Nile, like Pharaoh thing. Ooh, because Pharaoh's the one I played. Yeah, Pharaoh's great. Um, maybe of all of them, my favorite setting. I think the best playing one was Rise of the Middle Kingdom, but the Pharaoh one had my favorite like vibe, and um, I can't remember the name of it. Something of the Nile. That was before I moved to the desert, so the desert was still a novelty to me. I was like, "Oh, look at sand." Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, never seen that before, and then you saw. Now you've seen too much of it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I can't find it. It's something of the Nile, or. Uh, but it's but it's supposed to be like a spiritual successor to that game. There are people involved with it that were on that original game. Uh, what I saw looked pretty neat, and I can't remember the name. But if I can find that, I'll bring it up on a future show. Uh, but yes, Yelly, I believe what I was talking about was Surviving the Aftermath on Epic's desktop game store. There you go. All right, that's it for emails. Hey, if you want to send us a message, it's real easy. Go to the website. So it's not an email address. A lot of people are confused by this. Don't be. It's easy. Just go to the website and click contact. Go to frogpants.com slash core, and there's a little contact button. Beep, hit that. You fill out the thing. Boom, Bob's your uncle. You can be just like Yelly and uh, Ken. Yelly and, the Adventures of Yelly and Ken. Also, Yelly, what does yop mean? Why would you say yop at the top of the email? Does anyone know what that is? Am I missed, did I miss uh, you the know, memo? It's a, a positive exclamation. Is it? Yop? I've yop. Never heard yop. We're going like, to talk, you know? Yop is um, a yogurt drink here in Canada. I don't know if you have yops down there. We don't. No. You must have a different brand, but it's like yogurt that you drink, not eat. Is it Y-A-W? Oh, yeah. No, we have some of that from... We have Y. It's Y-O-P for yop. Okay, YOP. But I guess it says the same thing. Because we have like Dan and drinkable yogurts. We have those. Yeah, that's probably what it is. It's drinkable yogurt. Up here it's Yop. Yogurt drink. Here it is. I'm going to just pretend it stands for uh, You Are Wonderful People. Oh, yeah, look at that. Oh, YoPlay makes it. Okay, we have that brand, but I don't know if we have Yop in the, the actual, like, uh, this product. But YoPlay is big name down here. Okay, so it's just they branded Canadians with a different name. Basically. Yeah, it must be. Strawberry flavored. Yeah, it looks all right. I'd, I'd drink that. Yeah, it's good. It's probably less it's yogurt and more sugar than it should be. But I ate a whole tub of Octavia on the weekend. <laughs> that's good for it's your guts. It's hard to stop eating that stuff. That's good for your guts. Maybe that's why my back hurts. It could be. Maybe you've you've flared up your... Uh, have you ever had your appendix out? I'm trying to think the last time I took a dump was... <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember right now. It's concerning me. Well, that's as perfect a time to end the show as Definitely I Definitely not of. today. All right, sorry. Bo, I'll you stop. are really good at ending the show. Not kidding. Like the last couple of shows, the funniest things have happened right as we're about to hang this thing up, and Bo says something like, Let me try to remember the last time I took a dump. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's not intentional. That's very good. I hope the, but I hope the dump is. I hope you find. We don't want you with an impacted fecal train (laughs) or whatever. Yeah, I do too. That's not good. You don't want. You want to poop. Everybody poops. You need to poop a lot. Poop's good. Poop every day, three times a day if you can. Whatever you can do. Actually, when's the last time I did? I don't know. Right? Did you eat TV this weekend? I forgot that stuff's murder. On yeah, it'll kill anyways. you. It'll kill you. Yeah. You got to be careful. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for being here. Core is easy to find on the web. You go to frogpants.com slash core. And if you want to support our show and you like what we do here, head on over to patreon.com slash core show. We'd appreciate that. You can leave us voicemails at 801-471-0462. And on Twitter, you can find Bo at Bo Schwartz. Check in on him. See how his fecal problem is going. Just you know, say hi and that sort of thing. Uh, I'm at Scott Johnson. John's at John underscore Jagger. And you can find the show at Core Pod. That's going to do it for this show. If you want to be here live, you're listening to this at home and you're like, yeah, I want to come live. Be here on Wednesdays. We start at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And we'd love to have you here at twitch.tv slash frogpants. That's going to do it for us, for me, for John, for Bo. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. I ate a whole tub of Octavia on the weekend. <laughs>